Hello and welcome to another episode of Retrospection. This time we're swinging on our bat ropes, we're battering our batarangs, and we're spending a lot of time in the bat room. We're taking a look at the feature film outing of Batman and Robin from 1966. Just a thought. What if there was a custard pie fight in a Batman movie? They wouldn't use the batarangs, they'd use batamarangs. And if that's not what you want to hear, you probably should switch off now. <laughs> yeah, I would if I were you. <laughs> My name's Colin and gosh, drinking's sure a filthy thing, isn't it? I'd rather be dead than unable to trust my own eyes. I knew that one of us was going to do it. I had that one written down as well. But I thought, he's going to do it before me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my name's Paul and I have the strangest feeling that I'm about to be utterly and madly carried away. In, in a box? Or just... <laughs> well, hopefully not yet. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got a good, what, 20 years in me? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that there. <laughs> I don't want to be the burden of bad news, but... <laughs> I think I am. I'm going to be all right. Yeah. All right, all right. Okay. IMDB says the dynamic duo faces four supervillains who plan to hold the world for ransom with the help of a secret invention that instantly dehydrates people. Oh, a secret invention that instantly dehydrates people. They must be eating one of your special pork chops, Paul. Do you know, you never let that go, do you? You never let First that go. First I've mentioned on the podcast, though. That is probably true. And people are wondering, what, what is this thing about this pork chop now? It's a euphemism. It is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it hanging. All right, you do. Yeah, it's, it's grizzled and shriveled up, wasn't it, Colin? Yep, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1966 was a big year for removal of body fluids and chemicals in films and TV because we also had the Star Trek episode, The Man Trap, that same year, which was about a salt monster. That's right. Yes, it was. I always forget that. I have a feeling yeah. that was a thing in the 60s about removing parts of the body <laughs> of that way. Well, if it was, what a strange idea well, maybe, <laughs> to catch on. Yeah, people were just curious about the chemicals. Possibly, or maybe it's just... Maybe there just was lots of fluid being removed from bodies in the 60s. There were lots of chemicals being taken. <laughs> There's lots of stuff going in yeah. and a lot of stuff coming out. That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> so Batman stars Adam West as Batman, Burt Ward as Robin, Lee Merriweather as the Catwoman, Cesar Romero as the Joker, Burgess Meredith as the Penguin, Frank Gorshin as the Riddler, Alan Napier as Alfred, Neil Hamilton as Commissioner Gordon, and Stafford Rep as Chief O'Hara. It's a great cast. Mm, it is, it is. Because uh, you know more about Batman than I do. Is this your favourite Catwoman? Lee Merriweather is definitely my favourite one, yes. I do like Julie Newmar, who was the one that did it the most in the TV series. And Eartha Kitt was very good as well. But I don't know, there's just something about Lee Merriweather in that suit. <clears throat> That, uh, uh, oh, little, little... Cut out the clearing your throat bit, though. Sounded a bit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> little eight-year-old Paul. Oh, what are you going with this? <laughs> yes, yes. That's not a euphemism, I recall it. Right. Little eight-year-old Paul. <laughs> is that what no. you call it? It is. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, she is my favourite. Yeah, Meriwether replaced Newmar as she had a back injury at the time. Yeah, I heard another story as well, that Julie Newmar didn't actually even hear about the movie until after she'd signed up for another film. Oh, 
another film different film another a different film oh. and then unfortunately that that particular film fell through it was abandoned and then by that point it was too late because they'd already cast lee merriweather oh that's not nice it's not is it no. <laughs> you're gonna be gutted aren't you yeah um so they wanted to do a film to drive interest in the second series of the tv show yeah, that's right. Um, although I, I think it was already, it was originally planned as a pilot. That this this script was going to be the pilot for the actual series, mm. but then eventually it was decided to position it between the first and second seasons of the show. I, I think didn't Twentieth Century Fox they didn't really want to do it because of the budget size, and they would have to burden the whole cast. Whereas with the TV series, they could spread it around. Yeah, and I mean, you can really tell if you watch the the TV series compared to this movie. You can tell that this is a movie. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look like a TV episode at all. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's not. Um, are you being served? Go to Spain. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not. No, <laughs> <laughs> there's only one of those, Colin. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was directed by Leslie H. Martinson. Yeah, go on. He also, you know him very well. You may not, you may not know the name, but you know him very well. He do I owe him money? <laughs> I don't know. Do you? He might know. be dead. I don't think he is. Oh. Um, well, we we just killed him and brought him back to life in about two <laughs> seconds. Though. Well done, pal. <laughs> That's a record for the podcast, isn't it? it is, Easily yeah. just kill him, don't we? <laughs> Wait. Uh, yeah. I don't know about your personal life. <laughs> Are you stalking now? No, he, um, you you do know him. Uh, you might not know his name. Yeah. <laughs> He directed episodes of The Brady Bunch, Manimal, Fantasy Island, Erwolf, TJ Hooker, and many, many other classic 70s and 80s TV shows that are too numerous to mention. So to continue with one of our catchphrases, he's in our wheelhouse. Oh, he's definitely in our wheelhouse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is a wheelhouse? It's a house where you keep your wheels. Oh, I guess it's, is it, is it where, on, a, on a boat? Yeah, it's where the, the oh, we're getting technical now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's where yeah. the, it's where the say, wheel is. The wheel is, must be, yeah, must be a nautical term. All right. That steers the boat. Yeah. You do steer a boat, don't you? You do, you're okay. Hmm. You were just trying to avoid saying steering wheel. I can yeah, see it in your would. face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was written by Lorenzo Semple Jr., who also wrote the movies The Three Days of the Condor. Nice, like that the, film. The par- yeah, The Parallax View. Um, I kind of like that film, but it's not my favourite of the conspiracy thrillers. Papillon? Papi- How did you pronounce that one? Papillon? That, that was Papillon. good. We'll go then. Yeah. yeah. Flash Gordon? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Never Say Never Again. You can't right. win them all, can you? No, well, that's a very varied career. It's very varied, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> I can kind of understand why he was chosen to, to write Flash Gordon. Yes, yes, so can I. It doesn't explain why he was chosen to do Never Say Never Again. But then if you think about Never Say Never Again, that has got a very tongue-in-cheek attitude to it, hasn't it? I mean, you've got characters like, what's the Rowan Atkinson character called in that Mr. movie? Is it something like Small Fawcett? Something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So there you go, you know. All right. Everybody knows about the Caesar Romero having to... He refused point blank to shave his moustache off, so they had to cover it with makeup. I think that works better, though. It's funnier. <laughs> it is. And a lot of the time, you don't even notice it anyway, do you? Only in, like, really close-up shots. Yeah, yeah. 
Adam West stipulated that for this film, there had to be more Bruce Wayne scenes. It's a weird request. Like, what, what do you get out of that? He's not wearing the cowl, is he? So his face oh, is on screen more. Oh, got it. Yep, makes sense, right? And there is rather a lot. There's a whole chunk in the middle of this movie where he's Bruce Wayne for quite a long time. I think he has two fights as Bruce Wayne as well, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. a little too much Bruce Wayne for my liking. Yeah, you, you, you prefer him as Batman. Yeah, hide that face, mate. Did you know that uh, he was considered at one point for James Bond? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> in fairness, who wasn't? I know that is true. I've, Although I think you were in the line at one point, weren't you? Yeah, but they didn't know I was. They didn't know I was there, Colin. That was the problem. <laughs> oh, is yeah. that what it was? Yeah, you just sneaked I in. I gate crashed it. Yeah. Um, looking at him as Bruce Wayne in this and doing, seeing him do the fight scenes, I, I can picture him as a bit of a James Bond. It, it, it'd be very Roger Moore type James Bond. Uh, it would be more Roger Moore than Roger Moore. <laughs> It'd be more Roger. You can never go wrong with more Roger, can you? No. I think we did that right. gag in Moonraker episode. As well. Oh, when, when has that stopped us? I know, I know. Um, we'll t I'm sure we'll talk about um, Adam West's performance um, as we as we go on. Well, yeah. yeah. But, but that, it, it does... does We'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Well, one of the problems with this film is that you can't really pull anything apart from it because it's a silly film and it's meant to be silly. I, I know, I know. Um, that's, I suppose I could say it now. He's got a cadence about the way, he, the way that he delivers his lines, hasn't he? Yeah. There's something, I've always thought there's something very Shatner-esque about Adam West in Batman. Oh, can you imagine the two of them together in a film? It'd be oh, like like the Persuaders kind of thing. Oh, it would be Adam great. West and William Shatner. That would be amazing. You'd cream yourself, wouldn't you? I would. Although they have technically worked together. In what? Um, there was a couple of animated Batman movies that they made uh, a couple of years ago that continued the the Batman TV show. And Two Face. William Shatner plays Two Face, isn't it? Those movies are really good, by the way. Surprised to you that, didn't you? Yeah, I, I'm not surprised at anything you pick up tangentially, Colin, you know. <laughs> why did that sound rude? I don't know why, it just did. <laughs> it was like I meant it to sound rude, Colin. You know. No, I know you didn't, but it just did. <laughs> yeah, he, um, could, could you imagine it back in the 60s, though, if they'd have got William Shatner to play Two-Face in an episode of Batman? Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, that would be good. That would have been that would have been amazing. A sequel was planned, but it was abandoned because by that point the show's ratings were declining. Oh, all right. It, it's a weird thing, the Batman TV show, because I always assumed that it went on for years, and it didn't. It was only three seasons. Yeah, but the long seasons. Oh, the very long seasons. I think one season's got about forty odd episodes in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's probably why I felt they went on for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And it was there was a point, wasn't there, when we were kids, and this was in the 80s, where it was never not on television. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like the Wombles, where you, that's always on, and then you find out there's only six episodes. <laughs> that's a British thing, isn't it? You get that a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. It's like Faulty Towers. Yeah, Ivor the Engine. There's thousands of them. No, no, there's not. What a weird thing to pick out, Ivor the Engine. <laughs> 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 it just popped into your head, didn't it? Right. <laughs> it always does. <laughs> All right. Um, 
It's oh, you're taking me back now. You're taking me back. Yeah. yeah. To, to many an afternoon where I've been at home bunking off school. Skyford off yeah. school. I knew that was what it was going to be. It was either Ivor the Engine, Finger Mouse, or Mr. What was it? Bod. Remember Bod? Yeah. Our, um, Mr. Ben. Um, Shortly in the we can fix. We can fix it. What was that? I don't know what that was. The, the pink and white cat. <sighs> oh, Bagpuss. 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 Yeah, Bagpuss. Our uh, Jamie and his magic torch. Yeah, yeah. These, these, you're right. These are all these shows where you think that there's 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 hundreds of these episodes and you find out there was four or something like that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we must have watched anyway, the same episodes a whole bunch of times. Must have done, yeah. I think we're going off off piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go back to Batman. Um, <laughs> yeah. Adam West and Burt Ward were sent on a promotional bus tour of New York City and appeared at <laughs> bus, <laughs> bus tour. tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just got I just got a picture of Adam West using his clipper card. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they appeared at 33 theaters on this bus tour. Apparently, at one point, the things got the things got so dicey with fans that the bus got ne- was nearly turned over. Oh. They were mobbed like it was Beatlemania, apparently. Oh, I thought you meant they were trying to get off. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you did you hear that the, apparently during the submarine fight at the end of the movie there was a stunt man that almost drowned? Oh, really? Because clearly on a Fox Studio set. That's right. But apparently, what happened was when he dived off the top of the submarine he hit his head mm-hmm. on the bottom of the pool Ooh, and p- right. passed out while under the water and didn't come back up and it was only when after about a minute passed and they thought oh he's, he's not come back up we better go in and get him <laughs> wow yeah who'd have thought that someone almost died making this movie eh? just to show you yeah. and there was a strange incident around the film's premiere it, it was supposed to premiere in Austin, Texas on August the 1st, 1966. But it was postponed because earlier that day, a student at the University of Texas climbed into the observation deck of the clock tower and killed 16 people with a rifle. Oh, yes, I remember that incident. Well, I don't mean I was... <laughs> there, I mean, Are you Sam Beck? Yeah, you possibly... Time travel. Time travel, and you didn't stop it. Well... Are you the evil leaper? Is that what you are called? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Evil leaper. <laughs> My arms have fallen off. That's why I couldn't stop it. <laughs> I'm glad it was just your arms. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a weird one. Yeah. And just to say as well that... Um, have you ever seen a movie called Return to the Batcave? No. That's that's so. um, a movie that was made. Oh, it was, it was quite some time ago now. I think it was in it was even in the nineties or the early two thousands. And it stars Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar as themselves. And I've I've actually got a copy of it here. There is, and uh, for for our listeners, Paul is showing me his knob. <laughs> <laughs> Paul is showing me. I'll just I'll read you the back. Paul is showing me a copy of the. Is it on DVD? I've got, it, it's, it's only available on DVD. You're not going to get this on Blu-ray. Um, right. And I'll read you the back of it. It says, Batman series stars Adam West and Burt Ward reunite in a comedy adventure where they stumble upon a diabolical plot to steal the original Batmobile from a charity benefit. While trying to unravel the details to find the Batmobile, 
Western Ward flashed back to the tumultuous times of the 60s television series to reveal a bizarre behind-the-scenes story of the creation of a television classic, from the on-the-set explosions to the real-life encounters with fans. So it's kind of a, a jokey story set in modern times, and then it keeps cutting back to kind of like a biopic about the making of the TV show with people playing them. I mean, it sounds like a fan-made thing, but it's got the actual actors in it. That's right. That's right. I don't think it was a fan-made thing. I think it was made for television, I think. Yeah, I'm just saying it sounds yeah. like something a fan would yeah. make. It's interesting. It's, it's fun. All right, so let's get on with the film. Okay. We open with the 20th Century Fox logo, and then a searchlight gliding across messages chalked onto a brick wall. An acknowledgement, we wish to express our gratitude to the enemies of crime and crusaders against crime throughout the world for their inspirational example. To them and to lovers of adventure, lovers of pure escapism, lovers of unadulterated entertainment, lovers of the ridiculous and the bizarre, to fun lovers everywhere, this picture is respectfully dedicated. Then the searchlight reveals two lovers canoodling in a doorway before passing to another message. If we have overlooked any sizable groups of lovers, we apologise. The producers. Then the opening credits really begin. I can't think of a more perfect way to open this film. I mean, that statement perfectly sums up what's going to be coming up, doesn't it? Yeah, it lets you know where, yeah, you know exactly where, where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Just an odd little thing here. The 20th century logo. Does this mean... That this is the only DC movie that Disney now own? Yeah, I guess so. How strange is that? Yeah, that is weird. Then the opening credits really begin. Each actor is outlined in a bright primary colour and acts as if they've been caught by the spotlight. And the music is different from the show, but uses a lot of the same underlying rhythms. It's very jazzy, chaotic, bigger, bolder, brazen. It's, it's, I like um, it. it's Nelson Riddle, isn't it? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he did, Colin. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's great music. Mm-hmm. I've got the soundtrack, actually, on vinyl. Have you? Yeah. On vinyl? On vinyl, yeah. I do like a bit of vinyl, Colin. I've told you this before. Yeah, you like rolling around on it, don't you? <laughs> it's it's actually, um, it's not a modern re- reproduction. It's, a, it's an old one from back then. We open with a shot of a ship, and then Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson heading back to the house. We know this because the voiceover tells us so. The yacht is bringing a revolutionary scientific invention to Gotham City. On a peaceful afternoon motor ride, millionaire Bruce Wayne and his youthful ward Dick Grayson have been summoned back to Wayne Manor by an urgent, but anonymous, call for help. The invention and its custodian are reported to be in grave danger aboard the yacht. We see them jump onto the bat poles, down into the bat cave, transforming into their superhero costumes along the way. They jump into the back car and power it up. It leaves the hidden exit. Yeah, what are you talking about? It is hidden. It's more hidden than where they keep the bat bike. Like, like yeah. they're in the movie. And the bat bike. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't deny, though, that Adam West and Burt Ward completely throw themselves into this. Literally, at times. Don't they? Well, that's something I want to ask you. I noticed in the fight sequences, no stunt doubles. Uh, which is weird because it, it stunt doubles all the time in the in the TV show. But I'm pretty sure it's not here unless they're really good. You, you know, can see you can see, because you, there are times when it isn't them. Like there's, there's just some stuff coming up in a minute um, where Batman looks like he's aged about thirty years. 
and uh, so <laughs> so does Robin. Um, but I think the, the when the villains are fighting, a lot of it isn't them because obviously some of them are quite old at this even right, at this point. Right. But yeah, it is um, a lot of it is definitely Adam West. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Uh, Robin calls the airport for the Batcopter to be prepared. Gotta tell you, 1960s helicopters look like death traps, don't they? It's, it looks like something made out of Mikado, doesn't it? Yeah. I love how everything's got wings attached to it as well. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I wonder if that made it worse to fly. I wouldn't imagine it helped. Yeah. They jump onto the copter and take off and fly over the city. People from below wave up at them. Policemen lower their hats in salute. They close in on the yacht. I, I do. Uh, another thing that I like is how um, it is so different than what we used to. I mean, kids today—they looked at this and they'd never seen this before. The the idea of Batman that he's dark and he's brooding and he's and he's he's a vigilante. In this version of Batman, he's fully deputized, isn't he? Yeah, yes. Say that later. Yeah. When they're over the yacht, they drop the bat ladder. Batman descends the ladder as a helicopter moves over the yacht. Batman tells Robin to ease off the power. Suddenly, the yacht vanishes, and Batman is dunked into the ocean. Robin flies the helicopter higher, and as Batman is dragged out of the water, a shark grabs hold of the ladder. Batman frantically punches it. Oddly, the shark sounds rubber. Well, I've I've never punched a shark. <laughs> I like before. to think you didn't, Colin. So yeah. that that could be very well the sound they make. I, I did tickle a trout once, and they just giggle like a fat man in a Roundtree's fruit gum factory. Where, where were you tickling trout? Where it likes it. Blackpool. <laughs> was that, that that thing where they're in, like, water and you put your hand in? No, I was just making it up. Never, I've never... Oh, because I know I've ticked... I've stroked a... Um... A stingray. Uh, not a stingray, a... Um... One of them Ma- flat manatee. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've done that as well. Yeah, because yeah. they, they, they sort of talk to you, don't they? What? Yeah. Uh, were you smoking something? He's like, he's like, hello, Paul. Want to rub me top? No, I mean, they look at you, don't they? And they sort of like go... That's what they do. Uh, uh, let's get back to Batman. You're scaring me now. <laughs> You're doing fish faces. They don't talk to you, Paul. Oh, I thought he was talking to me. Batman calls for Robin to bring down the shark repellent spray. Whose job do you think it is to label all these products? Alfred. Robins. Robin, oh, Robins. yes. Yeah, it's got to be Robins, isn't it? <laughs> keeps him busy, keeps him yeah. off the streets. Yeah, because you know, if he's not busy, you know what those teenagers are always doing, don't you? Yeah. Mm. Hanging upside down, Robin hands him the spray. Batman gives the shark a dose of it. It lets go of the ladder, and when it hits the water, it explodes. The shark's blown. Yeah. Up. up. Yeah. Blown up, yeah. We cut to Batman giving a press conference with Commissioner Garden and the police chief, O'Hara. The first reporter asks about the yacht simply vanishing, but Batman says a yacht can't simply just disappear. The next reporter says that the boat was owned by Big Ben Distilleries and wasn't the owner of Commodore Schmidlap. Supposedly bringing a fantastic new invention aboard the yacht, Batman says no more questions about the yacht. He could be a politician with these answers. <laughs> he sounds a bit like a politician in the way he talks as well. Yeah. Then a lady steps forward. She identifies herself as Comrade Catania Arania Tatiana Karenska Alasov from the Moscow Bugle. Mm. 
creepy. <laughs> she asked Batman to take off his mask for a photograph. Everybody is horrified. But Batman says it's impossible for him and Robin to remove their masks. They must retain their secret identities. Not even O'Hara or Commissioner Gordon know who they really are. These are real masks, Paul. Not the mask of civility that you hide behind. I don't. Not anymore. <laughs> no, you've pulled it off. I beg your pardon? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Robin says even the relatives we live with don't know a superhero identity is, thus revealing that he lives with his relatives. <laughs> yes, that's true. I never thought of that. Did, speaking of relatives, did you know that apart from that, that time, there was one shot where you see Aunt Harriet on the lawn with Alfred. Yeah. She's not in the rest of the movie and she's got absolutely zero lines. Oh, yeah. Is she important, though? Well, she's in a lot of the TV show, isn't she? Oh, she is? Yeah. Another thing is, well, do the Gotham police actually do anything in this city? Well, <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she compares them to vigilantes, but they deny this. They are fully deputized by law and support the police. They call an end to the gathering. What was the point of this press conference? <laughs> I know. It was, it was to, to give exposition to the audience, Colin. That was the only reason. Yeah, it served no other purpose. <laughs> what was, no point, actually. We're going to do a press conference where I'm not going to answer a single question. It, it's strange, though, isn't it? That even though that's what it is, it's, so, it's still so well written because it's got a, a, like a, a little knowing wink to the audience that you know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. Just go with it. It's fun. And that's why Commissioner Garland says, like, oh, you handled those press, you know, something like mm -hmm. that. He did mm -hmm. a great press conference. And, yeah, I wouldn't have thought second about it if I wasn't doing notes for a podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would just, just go flown by. Mm -hmm. After the press have left, Batman says that Commodore Schmidlap is in danger and that the whole yacht business was to lure Batman into a trap. In fact, the real yacht was someplace else being hijacked. Batman asks the commissioner what known supercriminals are at large now. A TV set is revealed from behind the wall. The Penguin, the Joker, the Riddler, the Catwoman are all free right now. So yeah, does the police do anything? Because Gotham doesn't seem to be able to hold anybody in prison. <laughs> and it's quite worrying that they didn't even know that these criminals were out on the street. Except the, the one person who's gathering the information. <laughs> is, he, is he not telling anybody? The, these shots, actually, of, of, of the criminals looking into the camera, they're all from the trailer that they made for it. Don't you think the trailer's made from those shots? No, they shot an actual. They shot a special trailer. Oh, they shot. Yeah, they shot a special because the trailer. trailer actually has Batman and Robin addressing the audience. Ah, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, but I think they shot those bits, and the other bits are from the film part. No, no, no. I, I read that it was all, it was a special trailer that was shot. They, they filmed the trailer, and then they cut the trailer bits into the film. Yeah. All right. They run through <laughs> who it could have been. <laughs> what happened to Batman in the ocean was fishy. Could be the penguin. But Robin says it happened at sea. Sea for Catwoman. But an exploded shark was pulling his leg. The Joker. It all adds up to a sinister riddle. <gasps> the Riddler. Like, all these things are, are so purposefully bad. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. It's not... It's not um... I was going to talk about this later, but you think you take the Joel Schumacher movies, particularly Batman and Robin. 
Mm-hmm. The best one. <laughs> yes, I know. I know that's how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. He, he he was clearly going for this kind of vibe in those films, wasn't he? He was yeah. trying to recreate yeah. the '60s TV show for a modern audience. Yeah, but it doesn't work, no. and it doesn't work because this that that movie is played completely for laughs. Whereas this movie, as ridiculous as it is, it's played completely straight and the humor doesn't come right. from bad puns or little stupid silly one-liners that people say the humor comes from the situation being completely outrageous and you're in on the gag right although there is one gag in batman and robin that would, would i could imagine working in would it's straight from the 60s tv show it's it's the it's the gag where batman pulls out his back credit card and tries to pay for something that would have worked. Yeah. I can imagine them doing that gag in, in this. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why those movies don't work. And this does. Right. So the commissioner is horrified. Could it be all of them? Have they joined the forces? Batman tells Robin that they should hurry to the Batcave. He thinks he has a clue. We cut to a dock. A taxi arrives with comrade Catania. She enters a rowdy bar in which a fight is taking place. I feel like there's just fights continuously in that bar, just 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It looks like it. It's kind of like Wigan on a Friday night. Oh, yeah, it oh, is. I'm... Yeah, just less sick. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and on a Saturday night and a Sunday night. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And pretty much every night, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. She heads upstairs. One of her men greets her. Hello, Catwoman. She slaps him. How many times have I told you not to use my real name in public? She enters a room. Inside, the Joker is dancing in front of a mural that shows an octopus squeezing the life out of the world. Around it is written, Today, Gotham City. Tomorrow, the world. United, Underworld. It's, it's, it's straight out of a cartoon, isn't it? All this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The Riddler and Penguin are also there. Riddler is complaining about the Penguin's shark scheme not working. They continue arguing. Catwoman throws her cat on the table. Scratch out their eyes, she says. The cat looks quite unimpressed by the whole of the <laughs> ordeal. Just sits there. <laughs> he does it again quite a few times in this film, that cat, doesn't it? Yeah, worst <laughs> act in the whole thing, this cat. Mind you, it's appalling. It, it's a cat, though, at the end of the day. I mean, you know, good luck. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know. She mocks them. United Underworld. We're about as united as the UN. It's agreed that they have to swallow their pride and hang together so they don't hang separately. It's a nice line, isn't it? Like There's a lot line. of good lines. Yeah, it's a good one. Catwoman says her plan is going well. It's revealed that Commodore Schmidlap doesn't know he's been kidnapped. He just keeps asking for his tea. He thinks that he's fog-bound on his ship and that the Joker bringing his tea just needs to get out in the sun a bit more. He's a stereotypical British character, isn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Although there is a worse one towards the end of the film. <laughs> yeah. Outside, one of their men is making foghorn noises on a shell, using a flipper and a pan of water for water noises, and moving a picture of the sea up and down. All very convincing. That's a cracking job. I'd do that. Would you? Oh, yeah. Dangle a flipper in a bit of water and pull a string and blow in a horn yeah. all day. It's a fantastic job. Would you not get tired? It's a bit more than what you normally do. <laughs> Oh, Colin, I walked into that one, didn't I? <laughs> I noticed in the background of picture frames, none of them straight and some of them without pictures in mm-hmm. them. There's a lot of thought gone into this. 
Yeah. Mm. Riddler is still fuming that Batman is still alive. They need to get rid of him before their plan can progress. Penguin orders a submarine to be made ready. Back at the Batcave, they realize that the yacht was an illusion, a projection. In one of the photos that the Batcopter snapped, they could see a bellboy, or buoy, as our colonial cousins say, mm-hmm. although they say boy in this. I'll get it. It'll give a location for the projection. It's determined that the boy is an illegal one, and they rush out to see if there are fingerprints on it. Although, why do they need fingerprints? Because they've already decided who's behind all <laughs> it. All. Don't think about it. Um, there's, okay. He also does some super bat typing as well, doesn't he, when he touches the uh, the computer? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, like Scotty in Star Trek. Yeah, no attempt at realism whatsoever. <laughs> no. They drive to a dock and jump onto the bat boat, which just... Just there. Considering that they're in Gotham is. City and it's like got all these super criminals running around, and they just leave their boat tied up. <laughs> yeah. As they roar through the waves, Robin wants to know what happened to the real yacht. Batman surmises that it was taken to some secret hideaway, but he's not sure why they need Commodore Schmidlap or his invention for their baffling scheme. Under the ocean, Penguin's submarine is traversing the deep depths. Inside, they are still shouting at each other, but Penguin is the captain. In the water, he's in charge. They are approaching the boy, but they identify a small craft also approaching. They raise the periscope and see Batman and Robin climbing aboard the boy. Batman discovers an underwater shark cage. Riddle wants to fire torpedoes. Penguin orders them loaded. Batman discovers that salt corrosion has washed away any fingerprints, but they discover a loose screw on the panel. He removes the panel. And it reveals a powerful lens. But Batman spots the periscope. I had, um, as a kid, I had the, the Corgi Batmobile, the Corgi... It came in a set. It was the Corgi Batmobile, the Corgi Bat Helicopter, and the Corgi Batboat. And it was all based on this film. Oh, I had the uh, Batmobile. Everybody had that Batmobile, didn't they, with the little figures that fit in it? Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I wasn't degrading your... your... Oh, oh, oh. Let's, let's see. Uh, hands up who stood next to the original Batmobile. I stood next to a Batmobile. Oh, a Batmobile. We've all stood next to a Batmobile. Are we Batmobile shaming now? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Original. I just, I just, I just meant that, that 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 car was everywhere, wasn't it? It was so, I mean, it was massive. Yeah. Um, don't say it. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was about, it was about little, it was little, it was only 162 scale or something. Went massive. Oh, I walked into that one. Uh, <laughs> Doing a lot of walking into things. I have, yeah, that's all I do. I also like in this scene, um, you can see the creases in the fake sky behind them as well. Yeah, you, you can. Really yeah, 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 I saw. It, it, Blu-ray isn't kind to it, is it? <laughs> nope. No, that's true. Yeah. But Batman spots the periscope. Penwing activates a magnet in the boy that locks Batman and Robin to its sides by the metallic objects in their belts. Batman tries to pry loose his utility belt transmitter. Penguin fires the torpedoes. Robin sees the missile speeding towards them. Batman tries to reverse the polarity using his transmitter. It works, and the torpedo explodes before reaching them. Penguin fires another one. The caped crusader's transmitter destroys this one. Another torpedo is fired. <gasps> but the batteries in the transmitter are now dead. He can't stop it. The torpedo closes in. Inside the submarine, we hear it explode. Penguin, Riddler and the Joker celebrate. They finally killed Batman and Robin. They raise the periscope to observe their victory. But the Caped Crusaders are not there. 
and the boy is still intact. We see Batman and Robin speed away in their boat. It's revealed that a valiant porpoise threw itself into the oncoming torpedo, thus saving the lives. It gave its life for theirs. I guess it gave porpoise to its life. Oh, saved by a dolphin. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is good. Yeah. Um, why couldn't they just take their belts off? Why couldn't they just unhook the belt? And the belt would stay attached to it, and they could just step out of their belt, couldn't they? The, the buckles are metal. But the buckles are at the front. Yeah, yeah, but you can't lift it up because it's pushing against the stomach. All right, okay. It's a powerful the, magnet. Uh, uh, reversing the polarity of things is the go-to solution for a lot, a lot of people, in, uh, especially in the 60s. Yeah, it is, yeah. Back on the dock, Robin calls the Pentagon. The naval attaché is playing a board game with his secretary. I think he's playing tiddlywinks, isn't he? Is it tiddlywinks? They should have been yeah, playing battleships. Been... That would have been more made more sense, wasn't it? But it's the only time that playing tiddlywinks with your secretary isn't a euphemism. He's actually <laughs> yes. playing tiddlywinks. <laughs> yeah. And behind them is a bin with classified waste written on it. So it's not just Batman that has labels on everything. Everything's labelled in this universe, isn't it? Yeah. Batman asked the naval attaché if they've sold any surplus submarines recently. And they did, last Friday, to a man called P.N. Gwynn. Ooh, that sounds suspicious. It does. Must be the Riddler, right? <laughs> <laughs> so now they know that Penguin has access to a pre-atomic submarine. Batman scolds the officer for selling submarines to people without even getting their address. Ooh, little political comment there, maybe? I think it, there's, there's a few things in this, isn't there, that are a bit yeah. like that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all completely ridiculous. While at the same time, it all makes perfect sense as well. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, a missile fires upwards from the submarine. Holy Polaris, exclaims Robin. The missile explodes, revealing a message in the sky. What does a turkey do when it flies upside down? And what weighs six ounces sits in a tree and is very dangerous? It's a riddle. Batman and Robin race back to the commissioner to work on the riddle. What does a turkey do when it flies upside down? Gobbles up. What weighs six ounces, sits in a tree and is very dangerous? A sparrow with a machine gun. Have you noticed that all the riddles in this, it's Robin that gets them? Yes. Yeah. Batman doesn't do a lot, <laughs> does he? It? Robin kind of figures most of this film out. Well, maybe Batman at some point realised he could delegate. Oh, he's delegating, is he? I don't know. Yeah. I think that there's there's kind of an undercurrent of a gag that that Batman isn't exactly the brains of the operation sometimes. Like an Inspector Gadget deal. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a little bit of a vibe going on there of that. There's 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 one later with the helicopter crashing that I'm going to mention as well. All right. Yeah. What kind of creature gobbles up a bird in the tree? A cat. A cat woman. Batman realises it is all four of the villains and they plan to take over the entire world. We cut to Catwoman showing a picture of the UN building to her criminal colleagues, but she's annoyed because Batman and Robin have managed to escape again. But Riddler comes up with a new plan. He says they should combine all their traps and bring Batman to their hideout. Catwoman will be the bait. A riddle will be the trigger. Joker's jack-in-the-box launcher will fling them into Penguin's exploding octopus. They'll need someone to kidnap, somebody important that will bring Batman to the rescue, and they decide on Bruce Wayne. But 
They already have Commodore Schmidlap. Couldn't they just use him? <laughs> Maybe he's not that important. It's like, oh, I don't care about him. Well, he's no Bruce Wayne, and he's English, so he doesn't matter as much. Yeah, really, right, you know? right. I-, I love Frank Gorshin's performance in this. Um, he's probably my favourite out of all of them. He's like a little kid hopped up on sugar, isn't he? <laughs> the whole yeah, time. he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We cut to Bruce Wayne. Catwoman is with him, disguised as a journalist from the Moscow Bugle. And she says her friends call her Kitka. Yep. She smoozes with Wayne. She says she found some riddles on Bruce Wayne notepaper. She's brought it to him because she knows that there's a criminal who uses riddles. At first, Bruce doesn't take the bait, but says he'll give it further consideration over dinner. She agrees. Bruce leaves her and tells Alfred to see Miss Kitka out and then take the service elevator to see him in the Batcave. Bruce heads down to the Batcave, changing into his Bat costume. Batman reads the riddles to Robin. What does yellow skin and write? A ballpoint banana, says Robin. <laughs> what people are always in a hurry? Answer, Russians. That's the only one that actually makes sense. It is. It is. <laughs> Robin puts the clues together. Somebody Russian is going to slip on banana peel and break their neck. Batman interprets this as being a threat to Miss Kitka's life. Alfred arrives. Batman says that tonight, Bruce Wayne will go out on the town with Miss Kitka while Alfred and Robin track their every move and trap the Riddler, because only he would send such riddles. You've got to say, um, just, just to interrupt you there, that Batman was the gift that kept on giving for Adam West, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't imagine what Adam West would have done without Batman. <laughs> I know, I mean, he, I, I'm sure that he had these moments where he, he, he got sick of it, but for the most part, he always seemed quite happy to talk yeah. about Batman, and... And who can blame him, really? I mean, he, he reprised the role so many times. He did it in animated shows where he, he did the voice with Burt Ward at one point as yeah. well. Um, he did personal appearances in costume all through the 70s. And I don't know if you've seen it, but there's this terrible TV special called Legends of the Superheroes that he did. I think it was in the 70s. And it was kind of like it was done. I think it was done. It was a mix of, of, of location shooting and then stuff that was done on a stage in front of an audience because right. you can hear laughter. It's like a roast, isn't it, as well? To see yeah. yeah. But all in character. Yeah. And but he and Burt Ward played Batman and Robin in it. Yeah. It's terrible, but it's also good fun at the same time. Right. right. <laughs> so, yeah, he was always quite happy to, to I think, for the most part, to, 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 to minefield, to, not minefield, to mine Batman. <laughs> yeah. Not minefield, not blow it up. <laughs> Try carefully. I mean, you, you compare that to a lot of... Uh, you. I mean, you, William Shatner, for example, going back to Shatner, I think he had a point where he probably was sick of Captain Kirk. Well, Leonard Nimoy definitely had a period where Absolutely. he was sick of Spark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like you said, you, what what would Adam West be without Batman? He'd, yeah. he'd have been a minor bit player in uh, 40s and 50s movies, wouldn't he? Yeah. Later, Bruce Wayne is having dinner with Miss Kitka, and then they go for a carriage ride. Robin and Alfred follow. Did you notice the name of the restaurant? Uh, yes, it was called The Folded Arms. Yeah, which is it's a popular pose for Batman, right? Especially Adam West's version, because he always folds his arms and cups his face, right? So I thought that's he what does. they were going for. Yeah, he... he... He also does another thing where he does like a weird bat pose, or I think I think it's like where he'll put his arms across his chest like this. Yeah, 
like a bat or something. <laughs> yeah, so I think they did that on purpose. Yeah, definitely. So he goes back up the bat pole here, doesn't he? And changes back into Bruce Wayne for the next scene. He kind of uh, stands on it, flicks a switch, and it shoots him back up. Right. Yeah, it's right? steam steam powered, it says, right? Steam powered, yeah. You know, as a kid, it always drove me crazy trying to work out in my head how that costume changing device worked. Does it does it put it on him as he goes up and take it off him as he comes, you know? Or do we not see a bit where there's a little room up there? <laughs> so it does, and then we're just seeing the, the beginning and the end of it. But yeah. in the mean, in the middle, he stops, and there's a stops. little changing room. Is that yeah, is that what you? I, uh, magic, it's magic. I was waiting for that. Uh, I was waiting. Yeah, I was waiting for the girl super. Does it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Batman's not. He's not a supernatural creature, though. He's not. Uh, he's not an alien. So that's how can he do super, magic? That's why Supergirl does it for him. She's not a supernatural creature, Colin. She's an alien. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but alien. her powers are different from Earth powers. Oh, well. That, we're talking Batman. We're not talking Superman. All right. I want to know. Um, right. Well, obviously, in the Batman world, it would be a device. In reality, it's probably a little room with an old lady who just puts his clothes on for him. <laughs> Santa Harriet up there. Yeah, that, that's what she does. That's why we don't see her, because she's in that room. <laughs> she's, oh, Mr. Ward. Which, 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 way, which way are we leaning to today? <laughs> those, t- those tights are getting tighter and tighter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, all right. It makes sense that we just see the... We, we get a, a truncated version of it when really he's probably up there for about 40 minutes, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right, okay. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that one up, Colin. You're welcome. Uh, so in the carriage, Wayne laments the curtain that separates Kitka's country and his. Mm. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll leave that one there. Yeah, they kiss. Alfred and Robin are still following, but they stop watching. Robin checks in with the commissioner and tells them they're still in the park. Did you notice as well in the restaurant that um, Bruce Wayne is drinking milk from a brandy glass? Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, well, he's Batman. He's not. He doesn't touch alcohol, does he? He doesn't like people who drink alcohol, does he? He's got a thing about it. He has. He has. We'll, he we'll learn that later. It. Yeah, he mentions it a couple of times. Robin comes up with a plan. They should flash the bat signal. And if the criminals see it, they'll think Batman and Robin are racing to the headquarters. And then that's when they'll make the move to kidnap Miss Kitka. The signal is fired into the clouds. Wayne sees it. He's confused for a second and then realizes what's happening. They close their eyes and talk about what they're dreaming about. Meanwhile, Catwoman uses a device to flash a message to the others. Penguin tells his men to break out the jetpack umbrellas. Meanwhile, Alfred and Robin are sitting outside of Kitka's apartment. Inside, she slips into something more comfortable after kissing Wayne. Robin turns off the viewer because, yeah, some things he shouldn't see. He must be the only teenager in the world who's switching porn off the TV. Well, it'd be a bit weird watching porn with Alfred sat next to you, wouldn't it? <laughs> and with Bruce Wayne, who's kind of like his dad now, isn't he? Yeah, th- th- there's so many issues there. <laughs> In the sky, Joker, Riddler, and Penguin and his men are riding the jetpack umbrellas. I like those. Yeah, I did. You, I love how they're all wearing masks. They're all wearing little masks over their eyes as well. But yeah, they're still in complete yeah. costumes. It's not like you're not going to know who they are, is it? They land on the terrace. Wayne and Kitka continue their flirting with each other. Wayne says, I have a feeling I'm about to be utterly and madly carried away. Just then, the Joker, Penguin, Riddler, and his men break in. 
Wayne jumps up and starts fighting him, but they overpower him. This is the fight sequence that it looks like he's actually fighting. Yeah, and he's he's really going for it as well. He's very you never <coughs> I never think of Adam West as a physical actor, but he clearly was. Yeah. Meanwhile, on a whir, Robin and Alfred are still sitting outside, but when he switches the viewer back on, he sees the empty room with evidence of a fight. Looking up, he sees the criminals making their getaway. The next day, the headlines on the newspapers are Bruce Wayne and Girl Companion Kidnapped. Yeah, she doesn't get a name. The criminals don't understand why Batman hasn't rushed to Wayne's rescue. Wayne wakes up and demands to know what has happened to Miss Kitka. He rushes at them, but his hands are still tied and they just simply trip him up. He demands to see her. Catwoman tells him to blindfold Wayne and lead him down the path to Chamber 17. Once there, Catwoman is back to pretending to be Miss Kitka. She's tied up on the bed. Riddler says two minutes, no more, and pushes Wayne onto the bed with her. So Bruce asks if Kitka is alright, and he blames himself for the predicament. He fears that they have nothing to look forward to other than death. Oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> I'll get you some help, Colin. Be fine, alright? Oh, right. uh, Adam West is, is like, he's kind of hamming it more up more as Bruce Wayne than he does when he's Batman, don't you think? Yeah, it was confusing because at first I thought, well, maybe he really knows who she is. But he doesn't, does he? Because we get a big reveal No, he doesn't, no. But she says it may not be that bad, as Batman and Robin are probably on their way here now to save them. That they're probably just bait. But Bruce has his doubts. Yeah. He asks Kitka if she's overheard of any other prisoner being kept here but she says that she hasn't. And all the time, Joker, Penguin and Riddler are all listening in. I had to yep. I had to stop for a second in the middle of me saying that then because then I realised that I'd written, I've, for most of it, I haven't put people's names because I know this so well. I've just put J, P and R. Uh, so it, wrote, it says all the time, J, P and R. I'm thinking, the fuck are J, P and R? And then in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, right, okay. <laughs> Bruce Wayne's lawyers. Yes. <laughs> what are they doing here? Then Commodore Schmidt Lab rings for his tea. Bruce suddenly remembers that he has a radio device strapped to his elbow like all good capitalists should do. Yeah, in case they're kidnapped. Yep. But as he's trying to get at it, the gang who have been listening grab him. They take him back into the other room and they smugly try to find the transmitter. But Bruce breaks free. They fight. And it's another well-staged fight. Yeah. Yeah. They're all really good in this. Yeah, it's very sometimes in Sometimes in the TV show, you can tell that the the ideas are running a bit low. Because like, you have to have a fight in every episode, you know. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the ideas for how can we do this differently are starting to, to yeah. get worse and worse, you know. Yeah, when you're on episode 37. Yeah. And, and you've got, like, I don't know, three hours to film it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that because this is a movie, they're staged a lot better as well, because they've probably right. got the time, haven't they? Yeah. During the fight, a henchman lands on the jack-in-the-box and he's sent flying through the window into the ocean, or it's... rather a, a small model is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine, though. It's yes. fine. No. Bruce runs into the bedroom looking for Miss Kitka, but she's not there. So he pushes his way back out and he climbs out the window and expertly dives into the ocean. Yeah. All very good. 
very Bondy. Mm. Just saying. Bruce arrives back at Wayne Manor where Dick and Gordon. <laughs> Dick and Gordon. <laughs> that's that's a that's a cop show you'd watch, isn't it? Dick and Gordon. Dick. It is, yeah. Yeah. But but God, it has to be Gordon the Gopher. Oh, who would Dick be then? Dickie Attenborough. <laughs> Dickie Attenborough and Gordon the Gopher are two cops. <laughs> I'd watch it. Gordon doesn't want to be partnered with Dick, though. That's, that's the twist. Ah, he, doesn't, he doesn't like humans. Is that when we, we get rid of him in, uh, at the end of the first season and bring in Roland Rat? Um, no, Roland Rat would have to be the villain. That's true, he would be. Who could we have as, as, as the new partner then? But it still has to be a human because that's your gimmick, you know, because they don't they like don't get on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. You, you need to get on that. Add it to the list oh. of, yeah, of all the things that you can write that we're not going to get sued for. <laughs> you know, you know, you'd have them like, you know, Dick would be telling Gordon to do something and Gordon would be like, I'm not your hand puppet. But more squeaky, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he just squeaks, right? Don't he? he does, yeah. Ah, oh, then you'd have to have another person who translates everything for Dick. Unless, Unless Dick just... could just understand what Gordon says. Yeah, and you put subtitles yeah. on the bottom. Oh, you don't even do the subtitles. You just everything. No, no, you just have food. Dick responds. Yeah, yeah. Dick responds. Uh, those were the days, eh, Colin? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> telling Gordon that he's escaped with the aid of Batman. With a decent it... mallet, it still works. <laughs> <laughs> a stiff talking to. Is that what you give it? Yeah. Telling, telling Gordon that he escaped with the aid of Batman, he suggests that he return to the station in case Batman needs to call him. Head into the Batcave, they change again, mm. and they jump into the Batmobile and head out. Back at the villain's lure, Penguin is outlining a new plan. Everyone reluctantly agrees, and they drug Commodore Schmidt Lab and take him to the submarine. Then Penguin has five henchmen brought in. Yeah, with, with GP written on the shirt, which stands for guinea pig. Guinea pig, Who'd yeah. Who volunteer for this job? <laughs> you put it on, you'd be like, well, that's not my initials. What does this stand for? Oh, you're a guinea pig. Yeah, hold on, start taking it off. <laughs> <laughs> they, when, they signed, when, they, when they saw the advert in the paper for a um, guinea pig, did they think it was just um, a, a furry kind of situation? Maybe, you know? yeah. Well, this is yeah. not exactly what I was looking for, but okay. Penguin brings in a contraption called the Total Dehydrator, and he fires it at the henchmen, reducing them all to small piles of sand. But he does one at a time, so if you are henchman two to five... <laughs> You're going to be like, well, hold on a second. Yeah. He's, when they, they, they're panning down the line as he's uh, dehydrating them. They get to the last one and it's just an empty space and he's already out the door. <laughs> it's, it's just the shape of him in the wall. <laughs> he's run through the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Using a dustpan and a brush, they scoop them up and put them into vials. <laughs> as she shuffles them up, Catwoman, Penguin tells her to be careful. Every one of them has a mother. I like that. It is. He, uh, Burgess Meredith gets quite a few good lines in this. He has another one towards the end as well. Yeah. Penguin explains how he's going to get himself invited into the Batcave with these dehydrated henchmen secreted upon his person. Ooh. Ooh. What? Down his pants. 
I mean, well, that's not a joke. Okay. They are literally down his pants. That's true, yeah. Batman and Robin arrive at the lure, and they use their batarangs and ropes to climb up the side of the building. On the way up, Robin wonders how this place has gone unnoticed for so long with people running around in crazy costumes. Batman attributes it to the evils of drink. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's almost like it's speaking to you, isn't it? I don't know what you mean. Yeah. And then we get a guy and he leans out the window and he calls back to his wife inside and says, you're right, honey, there was someone walking up the wall. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> He's not going to complain about it. This happened lots of the TV show, didn't it, with guest spots poking their heads out. Yeah. I remember... Um, one in particular, I think Sammy Davis Jr. was in one. Oh, wow. Mm. They've got quite a lot of big names to do it. Anyway, as they look inside, they see a huge bomb in the middle of the room. Batman orders Robin to get away, and he jumps inside and starts looking for Miss Kitka, but she's nowhere to be found. He grabs the bomb, and so begins one of the most famous sequences, I think, in cinema history, as he runs around the place with the bomb, and he looks for somewhere to throw it, but he's confounded at every turn by things like Salvation Army, a couple of nuns, yeah. a woman with a pushchair, and even a family of ducks at one point. Yep. <laughs> Forcing yep. him to remark that... Um, I love a big whopper. <laughs> <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. It's, it's one of the best lies in cinema history, that, isn't it? Yeah. There's an explosion, and Robin thinks that Batman is dead. Luckily, he managed to shield himself behind some iron pipes. You risked your life to save that riffraff at the bar, says Robin. Batman replies solemnly, They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're human beings. Hear, hear, Batman. Yeah, yeah. think about that, pal. Uh, that's what I mean. He's, he's, yeah. um, see, he's got... No, you're, you're wrong. He's got sympathy. Sympathy. Uh, but, well, it's not like pity. <laughs> yeah, it might be that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're wondering what to do next when the penguin waddles over masquerading as Commodore Schmidt Lab. They see through his disguise and they ask him what his game is. But Penguin insists that his name is Schmidt Lab. They tell him that they can run his fingerprints through the bat computer in the Batmobile. But Penguin tells them that he's ruined his fingertips pressing a waistcoat. Yeah, he's got like plastic skin or something on his yeah, fingertips yeah. right batman decides that they can check his retina eye pattern back at the bat cave and penguin is suspiciously happy to go mm. up to something i, I think, think so so they spray him with bat gas which they keep on their person don't you well i find it a little bit suspicious that they keep stuff that can knock people out and just in the utility belts all the time you, you think they're like radio DJs or something? Yeah. <laughs> friends with Bill Cosby. Um, yeah. And they drive to... Like friends, it's like Friends of Dorothy. Is that <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing? <laughs> not no? quite. Not quite. Ah, all right. And they drive Penguin back to the Batcave. Can but, I... Here's a question then. If they've knocked him out, why can't they just pull his disguise off? But Batman's going along with it, isn't he? Kind of. Ah, all right. Because hmm, he's trying to... He wants to know what the plan is, doesn't he? What, what the route, why, why they're going to this ruse. Maybe they can uncover yeah. something. Wow. That makes sense. So they revive him in the Batcave, and he asks them for a glass of water. He's a little bit parched. 
and he goes to the cleanly marked drinking water dispenser in the corner. Not the bat. It doesn't. Drinking dispenser. It doesn't say bat on it, oddly. It just says no. drinking water dispenser. Yeah. I guess that's because it's for anybody. Guess so. I guess so. Makes mm. you wonder who they're inviting to the bat cave a lot, then. Whoever they're gassing. <laughs> it's taking a dark turn, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> But unbeknownst to them, the penguin has attached a hose to the water that feeds into the vials of sandy henchmen that he's keeping down his trousers. Sandy henchmen? Yes. <laughs> Is that his name? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might have been. You're man. Yeah. Hello, I'm Sandy Henchman. <laughs> you know me from films such as <laughs> Albatross, the Wonder Dog. <laughs> I've seen that, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he also accidentally turns the water from light to heavy. Remember that? It's important. Okay, I'm remembering it. Switching on the water, the henchmen suddenly appear. But as they make contact with Batman and each other, they disappear, popping like balloons. Why? It's because it's due to the atomic pile's heavy water. Oh, I forgot about that. Hmm. I think the atomic pile is that big thing in the background, isn't it? That's what I had last Thursday. <laughs> Heavy water? Not kidding. <laughs> Batman plays along with the penguin, addressing him as Schmidt Lab and suggesting that he's been duped by the evil gang into bringing the henchmen here. Yeah, Robin's a bit confused at this point, isn't he? Yes, because they drug Penguin and drive him back out in the Batmobile. On the way, Robin wonders if Batman hasn't hurt his head. But Batman smiles and orders him to take a pill before reviving the penguin. So he's drugging oh. Robin as well, though. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not for the first time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a bit shady, this guy, isn't he? Sandy? That's his brother. Oh, no, Shady. <laughs> yeah. Shady henchman. Shady henchman and Sandy henchman. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly, it seems that the Batmobile breaks down and Penguin gasses them with his umbrella before driving off in the Batmobile. Luckily, the pills that they took were anti-penguin gas pills. And this was all a plan by the world's greatest detective. Very specific pills. Well, he's got big pouches. That's just the way he walks. Then they go and jump onto the bat cycle, which they just seem to leave by the side of a road covered by a bush. <laughs> <laughs> you have a flowers on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Unless, unless Alfred has to, like, move it to different places for it, wherever they're going to be. <laughs> Probably, and then he has to walk back. Yeah. <laughs> they reach the back copter at the airfield, disengaging the sidecar on the bike so that Robin just rolls up to the side of the aircraft. Apparently, Burt Ward had many accidents, as this really went where it was supposed to go whenever it detached itself. That's a nice trick, though. It is. They take off, and they track the Batmobile. On the submarine, Riddler prepares to fire off more of his Riddler missiles. A missile launches, damaging the helicopter. They're going down. <laughs> what? Fake. I'm not going to do it. You're not doing it. I'm no. not doing it. Riddler, Riddler looks through the periscope and sees the dynamic duo falling from the sky. But luckily, they crash land at a foam rubber wholesalers convention. Although Batman insists that he noticed it out of the corner of his eye. Yeah, right. Of course he did. <laughs> See, this is the thing I'm saying. 
I don't think I think there's this gag running through it that Batman isn't really as good as he pretends he is. Right. So it's a nice gag if that is what they're intending to do because it yeah. works. The Riddler's missiles explode, leaving another clue written in the sky. What goes up, white, and comes down yellow and white? An egg. Of course. Oh, yes. How do you divide 17 apples among 16 people? Make applesauce. Brilliant. And again, it's Robin that gets all these. Yep. Batman somehow manages to work out that the riddles are leading them to the United World Organization. Riddler's the diddler. He is. Let's get a taxi, cries Robin. Not at this time of day, replies Batman. It'll be faster if we run. And we get this great shot of them running through what looks like crowds in the streets, actual crowds. I wish they'd done more of this. So do I. Because it's the only kind of real shot that, it's the only shot that we get of them doing this, isn't it? Yeah, and you can see people are looking and laughing. Mm. And at this point, they would have been world famous because of the, we're in the middle of between season one and season and the, two. Yeah. 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 And this is the only time in the movie when we get the, the, the famous Batman theme tune played as well, when they're running. Wow. Right. And then we cut to a back projection shot of them running on treadmills. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever I see Batman running anything now, I hear this music and think of this scene. There's a moment in that new The Batman movie where Batman runs down a corridor and the only thing that I could fear in my head was this music play. Yeah, should have done it. No. I mean, it would it would have been weird, but it would have would have made me chuckle anyway. Well, I, I, I don't I haven't seen the scene, but if it's running past somebody, maybe like tinny on somebody's like phone mm-hmm. and headphones or something. But no, we have to be dark and broody. No. Yeah, yeah, can't can't have humor. No, can't have fun. No, no, God forbid. Yeah. Meanwhile, the submarine reaches the World Organization and the villains disembark. Inside the building, Penguin knocks out all the guards with his gas umbrella. And he lets. But he le- do you see him when he, when he gassed the first guard? None of the gas went towards the guard. It all went back to Penguin. Nowhere near the guard. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, just, just go with it, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. And, he, and Penguin lets the others inside. Meanwhile, Batman and Robin are still running. Holy marathon, I'm getting a stitch, cries Robin. That line made me chuckle for some reason as well. Yeah. Back at the United Council building, the stereotypical delegates from all the nations are arguing around the table. You say all the nations, Paul? Mm-hmm. What's missing? Well, about a hundred. <laughs> there's only nine people in the room. Well, we, we don't... Maybe this is a, a, a smaller world. Uh, there's only nine countries in the Gotham world of the UN. I guess so. All right. They're all arguing anyway around the table and the villains creep inside. And one by one, they reduce them all to coloured piles of sand and scoop them into vials. Batman and Robin reach the building and head up. And we get a little gag where Batman reads the word up on the elevator controls in all the different languages until he gets the English word. And that's the only time that's when he jumps into the elevator. Right. Yeah. It's a weird gag, but it kind of works. It does. I thought it was funny. The bad guys are creeping out when our heroes meet them in the corridor. But Catwoman threatens to kill Miss Kitka, giving them time to escape. Batman surmises what's happened to the security council and that the villains will be making their getaway in their submarine. On the sub, the villains are preparing ransom messages to all the countries. 
but Batman and Robin are chasing the sub in their bat boat, which the villains pick up on their radar. They launch homing missiles at Batman and Robin, but they use a bat radio to jam its signal, causing it to crash and explode. Yep. The villains think they've won, but soon discover that Batman is still pursuing them. The villains then launch torpedoes at Batman and Robin, but Robin uses a bat charge gun to destroy them. So no, no, no porpoises in this then? No. 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 Well, the words got out, haven't they? Get away from him. Yeah, yeah. Those They're all guns. somewhere else having a whale of a time. Penguin orders the submarine to run silent, run deep. And that's, again, that's another good, good line from... Yeah, it's the title of the film. Exactly. But Batman and Robin use bat charges and force them to the surface. And while the sub is getting pummeled by the charges, we see Commodore Schmidt Lab in his cabin reading, and he hardly notices anything that's going on at all. No, you think even, like, as a seasoned captain of a ship, you'd notice Yeah, you'd think explosions. so. You'd think so. Yeah. I mean, what kind of ship does he run, then, if that's a normal behavior? A shoddy ship. Yeah. Was it, isn't it, it's a short, shoddy ship. It's a short, shoddy ship with shady henchmen on it, probably. It's a short, shoddy oh, ship with shady sailors <laughs> on it. <laughs> it's a short, shoddy ship with seasoned sailors. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I'm going to stop that there because it'll just keep going. Batman and Robin. It's a short, shoddy ship with silly seasoned sailors. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Batman and Robin pull alongside and board the sub, where they're met by the villains and their henchmen. And this is where we get the best action sequence in the movie. It's it's a fight on the deck, and it's got swords, it's got acrobatics, Mm -hmm. and finally we get the... Jugglers. Jugglers, yeah. Clowns. (laughs) Clowns. Well, he's got the Joker, he's a clown. Yeah, yeah. And, and finally, we get the power and crash sort of um, words appearing from the TV show during the fight. We've not had that yet in this movie. I know, and, I, and that's good. I like that they saved it for the end. Absolutely. Uh, and this, uh, this is where the, uh, the stuntman almost drowned that we talked about earlier. Mm. Did you see the giant rubber wrench that Batman uses at one point as well? That's literally I did, yes. flopping yeah. around as he's waving it about. <laughs> It ends with everyone in the water apart from Catwoman, who runs back inside, followed by Batman and Robin. But she stumbles. Her mask comes free, and Batman is shocked to find himself staring into the eyes of Miss Kitka. Holy heartbreak, cries Robin. Cheers. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that. Break it to me gently. And Batman stirs wistfully into his regret and his memory. Oh, that sounded a bit personal. I haven't got any regrets. I haven't got any memories either, but, you know. No, no not these no. days. Who are you? <laughs> me- me- memories of regrets, or as you call it, gin. Batman calls the Coast Guard before grabbing the vials of sand that hang precariously on the edge of a table. Unfortunately, Commodore Schmidtlab enters, grumbling about his tea, before stumbling into Batman and sending the vials crashing onto the table and then, for good measure, he has a good sneeze into them as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's not what? It's, it's, not. it's not a good idea. Holy jumble, cries Robin. 
That's right, because all the powders yeah. are mixed up. Back at the Batcave, Batman and Robin are using their scientific know-how to separate the dust back into their individual members. And I love how they, uh, <laughs> they're wearing lab gowns on top of their costumes, but, but they've got their utility yeah. belts over the top of the lab gowns as well. <laughs> right. Gordon is live on TV speaking to the president and addressing the nation. The moment of truth arrives. Robin suggests that maybe, given the state of the world, they should try and bring everyone back somehow improved. No, says Batman. It's not for us to tamper with the laws of nature. Mm. Flicking yeah. switches, the sand starts to separate and drop into their respective vials. Later, back at the World Organization, the piles of sand have been placed back onto the chairs as the world watches. They are ready to rehydrate! Yeah, just point out that now all the vials of sand are equal in size, when before they were all different levels. So I think someone's gone wrong somewhere. But it has, hasn't it? Mm. And we see crowds of people waiting and praying. Yeah, in nine countries, I assume. Because <laughs> the others, Australia's not going to care. Well, in, in all fairness, if this happened in, in reality, if something bizarre like this happened or happened to the delegates of the United Nations, would the world give a shit? People whose world evolves more than just the local supermarket would take <laughs> part. Oh, all right. <laughs> Batman has rigged tubes into each of the vials to carry water, and holding the hose, he turns to Gordon and a crowd of watching people. A solemn moment, gentlemen, one of dedication and humble supplication. Hey, I said it. Didn't think I was going to be able to say that, but I said it. He attaches the hose. And they switch on the tap. There's not a lot of water in this either, is there? Considering they're rehydrating nine people. Yeah. The water drains into each of the test tubes. Everyone waits. Suddenly the delegates pop back into existence. Success, success, the world cries. Hooray. Bit bit more. Bit more than that. Bit more, bit more. Okay, okay. What's more we're feeling, Colin, please? (laughs) All right. So, Colin, um, we, we like what you've done, but we're going to go a different different way with this, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. okay should, I, should I wait by the phone? No, I wouldn't. Oh. Okay. I, always, I always wondered where the test tubes went when the people reappeared. And they sort of wedged up inside of them. That's a good question. Maybe. Mm. Maybe that's why they're grumpy. Yeah, maybe that's, that's the reason. I mean, you'd be grumpy with... Uh, Nine inches of solid <laughs> up inside you, wouldn't you, Colin? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? Well, you clearly do, so <laughs> we'll leave that one there, right? Eh? But there seems to be a problem. Everyone seems to be speaking in different languages. It appears there's been a little bit of a mix-up. Uh-oh. Who knows, Robin, says Batman optimistically. This strange... Well, mix- hopefully Batman knows him. <laughs> he doesn't. He's been with him all the time. He's his, <laughs> his friend. <laughs> what do you mean, who knows Robin? <laughs> oh, my God, Batman's gone crazy. <laughs> he's getting on in life. Yeah. yeah. Early stage of dementia. Yeah. This strange mixing of minds, he says, may be the single greatest service performed for humanity. And with that, 
our heroes inconspicuously slip away through the window using their <laughs> <Well> bat robes. <laughs> but inconspicuously by being as conspicuous as possible. <laughs> it's great. There's a great moment in one of the episodes of the TV show where they walk into a nightclub. It's quite a famous one. And um, I think the, 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 someone in the nightclub comes up to them and says, can we take your capes? Um, and he goes, no, 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 we're just going to uh, stand at the bar and we wouldn't want to draw attention to ourselves. <laughs> and as they climb down, the screen tells us that it's the living end, question mark. Ooh. And that is the end of Batman the movie. So, Colin, what did you think of Batman the movie. So it's un it's unusual for a feature length outing of a TV show to be successful, yeah. right? Usually they manage to remove elements that make the series popular. But this is a rare case of where the bigger scope actually benefiting the original. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So the larger budget allows them to improve on the props, locations and effects. Yeah. They maintain the same chaotic script to the original show. And it, it doesn't feel like an episode stretched to reach the running time, which happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Funnily enough, this is also one of the few superhero movies where having multiple villains actually multiplies the enjoyment rather than detracting from it. That's right, because that's one of the criticisms, isn't it, for modern superhero movies when they have too many villains? Yeah. But this gets it right. It does. Mm-hmm. The jokes are solid. Absolutely. The production design is fun. And the actors look like they're enjoying themselves, which is projected onto the audience. Sometimes mm -hmm. that doesn't happen. And it's kind of nice not to have a mopey, depressed, goth Batman. And we don't get to see for the thousandth time how Batman's parents were killed. It's not even brought up, is it? No, which is nice. <laughs> it's refreshing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a hit. Well, I, all I can say is I agree with you. I mean, it's no secret that I'm a comic book fan, much to your disgust. Um, and as much as I enjoy Marvel, DC <clears throat> was always my main go-to as a kid. Mm -hmm. And it still kind of is. I read the comics, I watched the cartoons, I played with the action figures, and Batman was my guy as a kid. I loved Batman. Adam West will always be my Batman. And I know that I didn't grow up in the era that this came out, but it was big mm -hmm. in the 80s because it was always on television. And right, it's the, the only Batman you until had, really, film and TV, yeah? Yeah, until 89. And as a kid, I watched it, and I didn't realise it was tongue-in-cheek as a kid. This was Batman to me. Mm. It, it was a, literally a two-dimensional comic book brought to life faithfully to life as, as right. to my kid eyes and I couldn't get enough of it. And then as an, as a supposed adult, now I enjoy all the comedic subtleties and, and the, all that side of it. Right. But it's still that kid in me that gets thrilled by it as well. Every time I watch it and I've enjoyed all the other live act action iterations of Batman. I could even find something to enjoy in the two Schumacher movies if I'm pushed, you know, but for me, this can't be beaten, this movie. It's bright, it's colourful, like you said, it's got it's funny. The script is so well written. Yeah. The performances are all great. 
everyone's hamming it up, while at the same time playing it completely straight. They all, like you say, they all look like they're having fun, and it's a world we can where we can laugh at the ridiculousness of it all, but the characters in it never do. And that's why it works, and it's just so much fun. And like you, I just wish that more modern day superhero movies would take a leaf out of this film's book. Yeah, it's a classic. End of. It's a hit. There we go. Mm. Yay! All right. Well, on that note, thank you to our Patreon supporters. And don't forget, you can email us at info at retrospectionpodcast.com. You can visit the site, retrospectionpodcast.com, and you can still message us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I hope you rate and review us because it really helps. And as Batman says, there's always hope. That's true. Bye. Bye.